Hello everyone and welcome to episode 12 of Added Time, a Games and Grab Studio podcast with me, your host Steve Watkins. And guess what? Brendan Rogers is still in a job. What is going on? Seriously, what is going on? Yeah, we had the 4-0 win against Forest. Happy days. They're a terrible team. But this can't carry on. And I will cover this a little bit later on. I can't just can't believe it. I can't believe it. I'm <sighs> Anyway. Lots to get through this week. Uh, some newsy bits, some things that I said last week that did come true, some things last that I said last week didn't end up happening and have made me look rather foolish. Uh, I'm going to do a new feature as well, which I'll come on to. It might be a weekly thing. It might not. It all depends what happens in the world of football and whether footballers want to behave or not. So a little insight for you there. I'll do my usual roundup and review and predictions of the games that are coming up. Let's get straight into it. Game week 10. Bournemouth 2, Leicester City 1. Leicester City were winning 1-0. Pats and Dakar after 10 minutes. <clears throat> Seemingly in control. I didn't watch it. I didn't listen to it. I had soccer Saturday going. And then a substitution was made. Daniel Amati came on for Castagna. Now, I didn't know whether Castagna was having a good game or not, but it doesn't seem like a substitution that should happen. Doesn't you know? It just doesn't didn't seem right. And I immediately messaged uh, a few people and said, "This is where it goes tits up." And lo and behold, three minutes later, Leicester concede. Well, Bournemouth score. Yeah. I then messaged those same people and said, Leicester now lose this game. And five minutes later, Bournemouth are winning 2-1 with some of the most comical defending and goalkeeping you have ever seen in your life. The full-time whistle, the travelling Leicester fans were chanting, we want Rodgers out. I fully, fully expected him to be gone and I sit here two days from the next game and he's still in charge. So he's going to be in charge for the game this weekend. He's got to go. I'm sorry, but he has got to go. Those sorts of substitutions are the reason. And, and it, do you know what? It feels like sabotage now. It feels like he's doing it on purpose. And after the, the, the elation of beating Forest, and don't get me wrong, you know, I think I said it last week, you know, it's all well and good beating Forest. We've got to get a positive result against Bournemouth. Back to reality. And back to the bottom of the league. Because Forest managed to get a draw, which I'll come on to. So, look, we head into the weekend's game. Um, bottom of the league still. And when I look at the other fixtures, my God, do we need a win? And not not just for the obvious reasons. The only thing I can think, and the reason that... Well, there's a couple of reasons why I think actually Rodgers may still be in a job. I think the, the ownership are probably looking at it and thinking, actually, Rodgers is a good manager. And I do still think he is a good manager. I think he's just ran his course at Leicester. And he needs a fresh challenge. 
said that numerous times. So maybe they're looking at it and thinking, well, realistically, other than, you know, Potches out there and Tuchel's out there, they're not going to come to Leicester. So your options right now are Sean Dyche, Rafa Benitez, and they probably feel that Brendan Rodgers is a better manager or a better calibre of manager of those two. It is a huge risk to take, in my opinion. Uh, I've said this before, that, you know, going down would be an absolute disaster, uh, given given what is going on at the minute at the club. There's also the financial aspect. Can Leicester afford to sack him? I don't know. Um, and perhaps they do actually uh, are sticking with him because they, they didn't back him in the summer. And they're probably saying, look, this is our fault. A few Leicester fans are now starting to call for Top, the owner, to step aside and they're saying things like his dad would have sacked Rogers by now we don't know what's going on in the background I think we've got to be careful what we wish for when I say we I mean Leicester fans these owners the family they've been incredible to this football club for for over 10 years be careful what you wish for you know we don't want to end up in a situation where you've got poor owners like Derby or Coventry, Newcastle before the for the Saudi takeover. So just be careful what you wish for, Leicester fans. And we're still in touching distance as well. I mean, by the end of the weekend, we could be adrift and, you know, that could actually force the hand of the owners to think, do you know what? Whilst Dyche probably isn't the same calibre as Rogers, we need someone in that's going to give this place, uh, you know, some energy and just something new. So Leicester lost, as you might have gathered. Chelsea 3, Wolves nil. fully expected this from Chelsea. So a good result there for them. Man City 4, Southampton nil. Obviously, Haaland scored. Took until the 60th minute. I mean, that is, that's worrying. You know, 60-minute goal drought. But now Man City marching on. Since Westy and I said that Newcastle hadn't really set the world on fire, they have won two, scoring nine goals. They beat Brentford 5-1 at the weekend. So, great result for Newcastle. And they are now in the top six, I believe. So, they are now starting to show what they can do. And I'll look at Newcastle, actually, as a bit of a... There's still a chance for Leicester. Because this time last year, they were 19th. They'd just been taken over. Steve Bruce was on the verge of being sacked. So, you know, there is there is hope, I guess. Um, Tottenham beat Brighton uh, at the Amex. Kane and Son combining. Kane with the goal. Uh, an emotional day. For for Tottenham, their their fitness coach uh, sadly passed away. Uh, a big friend of of Conte, by the looks of it, and obviously someone who was well respected by the by the by the fans and the players. So, uh, very emotional day, very emotionally charged, and uh, yeah, Tottenham responded uh, with with a win. Crystal Palace two leads one. Wow. Talking to my very good friend Sam, Leeds United fan, he's he's worried. 
He doesn't he, he doesn't know whether Jesse Marsh is the man to take Leeds to that next step, which I, I don't know. It's, it's all well and good saying, be, being in the Premier League, and, and I get where he's coming from, being in the Premier League and being, well, we're a Premier League team. Yeah, but what do you do every season? You you flirt with relegation, you stay up, great. You're in the Premier League the following season. There's got to be something. You know, you've got to... You've got to be able to either balance staying in the Premier League with a good cup run or push for those European places. But everyone is trying to push for those European places. So it's difficult. And Crystal Palace, they're one of those clubs that... Do they do they get to a point where they start to get a bit itchy and a bit like, oh, we should be doing better, we should be pushing for Europe? It's so hard for, for, for clubs to, you know... Sometimes you just have to accept that actually 14th is a good season. Palace are doing well. That's who Leicester are playing on the weekend. So we shall see. A much-needed win for West Ham. They beat... Fulham 3-1. The big game on Sunday was Arsenal against Liverpool. The big test for Arsenal here. Obviously, they they beat Spurs in the North London derby, but that's a derby game. This was the big test for them. But Liverpool have been average this season. There's there's no bones about it. They are consistently conceding first. They're conceding more goals than than, uh, we are used to. And they lost this game 3-2. And I thought Arsenal were, were excellent again. You know, Liverpool have still got that... They've still got that thing of... We can go down the other end and score. But they look so vulnerable at the back. And I'm not going to... You know, I'm not going to shit on Trent too much. It's been said... You know, he was at fault for a couple of the goals. He did go off at half-time, supposedly with an injury... So we have to take Jurgen Klopp's word for that. Uh, but I, I thought Arsenal were really, really good and it puts them back to the top of the Premier League. They are title challengers. They're the only ones at the minute. I mean, Liverpool are now 14 points behind Arsenal. That is a huge gap, which can obviously be made up if Liverpool get their acting gear. But... Arsenal, uh, 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 Arsenal are the only ones. Well, you have to consider them title challengers because they are top of the league, and we are nine games into the season, ten games into, or coming up to ten games into the season. So you have to consider them. Personally, I still think City are gonna are gonna run away with it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, from a Liverpool point of view, Firmino is is having a bit of a renaissance. It looked like he was possibly on his way out. Uh, he didn't have a great season last season. He's not always been a prolific goal scorer, but he was... I've always rated him because... I mean, firstly, you know, if Jurgen Klopp's going to put you in, in that front three, week on week, you must be a good player. And I think he he was the... He was the, he was the linchpin that was, that enabled the likes of Mane and Salah to go and score the amount of goals that they did. But Firmino this season, seven goals, three assists in 12 games. He's quietly going about his business and doing 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 the job, basically. Uh, scored again last night in Europe. Liverpool won 7-1 against Rangers. Um, Mo Salah, who hasn't been firing so far this season. I thought... 
I, I mentioned it in episode one. I thought that he looked really sharp in the Community Shield game, and I thought well, we're going to have another unbelievable season from Salah. But then he's, he hasn't been great. But last night, breaks the record. Fastest hat-trick in a Champions League game. Six minutes. Uh, and with the fewest amount of touches. Nine touches, I think it was, to score to score three goals. Is that going to give him and Liverpool the confidence to now kick on? You know, winning breeds confidence. It doesn't matter who you play, whether you're playing... Rangers, whether you're playing someone from the arse end of, of Latvia or whether you're playing, you know, play, playing against another Premier League team. If you win, that confidence that you take into that next game is huge. And it's the same with the fans. We're all the same. Look at me last week. We beat Forest 4-0. All right, Forest aren't very good. And I was like, that's it, we're back. We're back and I think we can beat, I think we can beat Bournemouth. And then Palace looks winnable. And then Leeds looks winnable. And then you lose to Bournemouth. And now all of a sudden it's doom and gloom again. So this result last night for Liverpool will give them the confidence to go on. They've got a tough game this weekend though, which I'll come on to. Uh, Everton won, Man United 2. Thought Man United were good for the win. Cristiano Ronaldo scored. Which he then broke the record. I'll start that again. Cristiano Ronaldo scored his 700th club goal across his career, obviously. So, Sporting Lisbon, two spells at United, Real Madrid, of course, and Juventus, 700 goals. They are just astonishing, astonishing numbers. Um, Probably, he will, he's... He's the greatest finisher ever. From a technical standpoint, I still think Messi is the best ever. And the Messi-Ronaldo debate might be one for another day. But Ronaldo is just incredible. At 37, he's the same age as me. I can't walk up the fucking stairs. And this guy's scoring goals in the Premier League. And he'll continue to score goals this season. There's talk of him leaving in January. I'm not sure whether that will happen. I expect he will go at the end of the season, though. I don't think he'll go to America or anywhere like that. He might, you know, if he's willing to drop wages, he might end up. He might end up somewhere in Italy. You know, these Italian clubs they pick up these players for free and pay them ridiculous money because you know they they, they spend all of the money on on wages. So who knows where Ronaldo will end up? And then the final game of the weekend, Nottingham Forest against Aston Villa. A poor game. A poor, poor game of football. And two teams that are going to be down there uh, with, with a number of others uh, that are going to be fighting to stay up. I mean, the draw saw Forest come off the bottom. Uh, <laughs> amazingly, after... <laughs> After I said that I, I think Steve Cooper might get the sack, he went and signed a new contract. And that was interesting, especially when it was reported that Rafa was going to be, be coming in at, uh, at Forest. Steve Cooper gets a new contract. And I think that's that's a good thing because it would have been... I think it would have been really, really harsh for, for them to sack Cooper. 
you know, after 23 years have waited to get back in the Prem, you know, they, they got promoted earlier than they thought. You know, he's had to he's had to put up with signings being made left, right, and centres that aren't really his signings. Um, and, and as a result of that, actually, this week the the chief scout and the director of football, I believe, have been sacked. So, but again, that's a strange one to me because surely, as all of this was going on in the summer, you know, the owners should have been looking at it and going. Hang on, we've just signed our 12th player. What's going on? What's that? We've got 18 players now. Hang on, why are we signing players when the window's shut? What, 22 players? Okay. Well, we'll have a look in a few weeks and then and then we'll sack them. Strange decision. Very strange. But Steve Cooper's still in a job. Okay, let's do some uh, news sort of stuff. Um, last week I said that Julian Lopetegu was the hot, hot favourite to become the Wolves manager. And I even said, oh, he'll be in the stands watching uh, uh, watching them play Chelsea at the weekend. It turns out he's now no longer going to set the job. Uh, I think there's some family issues at home and he wants to stay stay in Spain. Uh, and spend some time with his family and you can't you can't really blame him now what i saw this week and i don't know if it has happened or whether you know the the rumors have, have died down as a result of it but what i did see was that rob edwards had been interviewed for the job now Rob Edwards was last season was the forest green rovers manager he got them promoted and then behind Forest Green Rovers' back, agreed to go and join Watford. And then, obviously, he was sacked because that's what Watford do. So he was sacked earlier on this season. Uh, he only lost two games. And interestingly, Slavin Bilic has already lost two games. So what are the odds on Bilic being sacked from Watford before the World Cup starts? I'd say pretty slim. I would say pretty slim. But interestingly, so Rob Edwards, you know, he got Forest Green Rovers promoted, as I said, and he's now he's he's now being interviewed apparently for for a Premier League job. Uh, an ex Wolves player. Okay, he's got that on his side. But that it feels a little bit like they're trying to go for the cheap option. Potentially, and it could turn out to be an absolutely fantastic appointment. But I think if I was a Wolves fan, I would be a bit worried. So, if I have a, so I've just had, I've just had a quick look on on uh, one of the betting apps, um, and Rob Edwards has has drifted out in terms of odds. So. I, I thought it had gone a bit quiet. And now Nuno is the favourite again to go back. So it's a massive, massive unknown. It doesn't feel like doesn't feel like Wolves had uh, any sort of plan when they sacked Bruno Large, but they felt like they had to do it. 
So we wait and see. Bournemouth still haven't uh, announced their their permanent uh, next permanent manager. I mean, Gary O'Neill, he's doing a good job as caretaker, but we've seen that before where caretaker managers, <coughs> excuse me, where caretaker managers then get the job permanently and it goes a bit wrong. Uh, but he's he's the massive massive favourite to uh, to take take that job. And talking of um, like managers and oh well, Steve Bruce got sacked from uh, West Brom. Um, <clears throat> I don't know where this leaves Steve Bruce. To be honest, um, I did feel sorry for him a little bit at Newcastle, but then you look at what Newcastle are doing now, and you can completely get it. You can completely get it. And I I was surprised that Bruce went to another job after the Newcastle thing because it took so much out of him. You know, you could see there was there was some real heartbreaking quotes and comments that came from him about how it's impacted him and his family. And, and I just thought, you know what? It's time for you to, to walk away. You've had a decent managerial career. You know, you've... You've done what you needed to do. Go and enjoy yourself. Go and watch. Go and watch the cricket. I think he's a big cricket fan, so go ahead. go and tour around the world with the Barmy Army. But he went and took the West Brom job, and he hasn't done very well. So he's now out of a job. Um, if you gave me a choice between Brendan Rodgers and Steve Bruce, I'd go Brendan Rodgers. Um, I just thought I'd put that one out there. Um. And then just another another one, talking of managers, something that has been doing the rounds today, uh, that should Gareth Southgate lose his job after the World Cup, apparently Thomas Tuchel is very interested in becoming the next England manager. Uh, an interesting one. Um, do England fans prefer an English coach? Probably. But I believe the next the next candidate has just gone to Chelsea. That's the problem. So maybe maybe, maybe they do look to go abroad um, uh, for the next manager. Hey, look, England might win the World Cup. Southgate, you're the one. And he stays on for another two years. Pigs might also fly. So I don't see that happening at all. Uh, an interesting news piece that I saw this week is that the EFL, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, the EFL, I believe from the potentially the 24-25 season, uh, are looking at scrapping the three o'clock Saturday blackout. So in this country, in, in England, we don't get Saturday three o'clock games unless you have ways and means of getting those games. Um, but we don't they don't show them. And I think the reason... Be, the, the, well, the main reason being is that they are worried that fans will stop going to games and just watch it on the telly, which I, I understand why you would be, would be nervous about that. But there are plans that the EFL are, are strongly considering scrapping that blackout uh the tv deal the tv deal is coming up uh so yeah it says here uh the EFL's next tv deal beginning for the 2024-25 season was destined to be an important one 
in these austere times and the call for broadcast proposals on Wednesday morning has only heightened its significance. The rights to every single game, all 1,891 matches across the EFL's three divisions, the EFL Cup, the EFL Trophy and Playoffs, are now being offered to the prospective bidders. Nothing will be off the table, not even for those games that kick off at 3pm on a Saturday. This is a deal for the digital age. The 72 clubs had expected streaming options to be considered once the arrangement with the long-standing partner Sky expired and this is the extreme of it. It might not happen. There could be no guarantees over the interest that is generated among broadcast companies over the next six weeks. But the EFL has played a hand that could make this watershed moment. Make this a watershed moment. No matter when or where your EFL club is playing, there might soon be an option to watch from your front room. Now, this does come as a little bit as a surprise, but I I remember going back a couple of years, and it was New Year's Day 2020, going into a new decade, a new hope, and three months later we were in lockdown. But on Amazon that day, you had the choice to watch any Premier League game that you wanted. Sky were showing something from League One and something from the Scottish League. Now, I'm not disrespecting those leagues, but that's the difference. We are now in an age where people want to watch things on the go. They want to be able to watch games on their phone, on their tablets, while they're traveling on the train, whatever, you know. And it does not surprise me that actually uh, the the likes of Amazon, uh, the likes of YouTube, maybe even companies like Netflix, who knows, they could all be bidding for these TV rights for the EFL. Now... The championship is is a uh, is watched a lot uh, around the world. I think there was uh, two or three years ago there uh, there was there was things doing the round that, that basically said that after the Premier League, La, La Liga, uh, and the Bundesliga, it, it was it was then the championship. The championship was being watched as much as like the Italian and the French league. It's probably changed now. Italian league does seem to be improving a little bit. And obviously with the French League, you've got PSG, with you know, Messi, Neymar, Mbappe, and all of that, and the and the and the draw of that. So, but the Championship is the best second division in world football, you know. And there are some big clubs in there. You know, I'm not talking about clubs that have won Premier League trophies because most of your Premier League winners are still in the Premier League. But you've got well-supported clubs in there. You know, you look at some second divisions around the world and they're not even getting attendances of three or 4,000. You look at the championship, Newca- uh, Newcastle, Jesus, Sunderland are getting 40,000. You know, Sheffield United get massive crowds. Norwich, full every week. You know, so... The second division in this country is well supported and the quality is good. So, interesting times ahead. I don't think the Premier League will do the, the three o'clock blackout. I don't expect them to do that. The, 
Um, I just don't see it ever getting to a point where that will be on the table with the... Well, I say never say never, don't they? But yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, I mean, yeah, there's, I mean, Netflix, Google, Apple, um, Amazon... Yeah, Apple agreed a 10-year broadcaster with the MLS this summer. So it can happen. It can absolutely happen. Um, And I think that will be... uh, We've got to a point now, haven't we, where actually the TV deal outweighs the ticket sales. It always used to be, you know, pre... Or even in the early years of the Premier League... A club's survival depended on ticket sales. Now it's about revenue, it's about sponsorship, it's the TV deal, and for some it's making money off players. So actually, you know, less people going to the games might not be it might not be a bad thing because of the bumper TV deal that these clubs are gonna get. And when you're talking about League One and League Two, those clubs really need an injection of cash as well, and this might be the thing that that really helps them. I mean, when you when you've got EFL clubs t- talking about having to change fixtures, uh, times of fixtures, so they don't have to turn their floodlights on because of the cost of living crisis we're going through, that tells you everything. So something's got to give, something's got to change, and if the money's there. And if, and if a big, big company, one of your streaming services, comes up with the money and they're going to get rid of three, and as part of it, they get rid of three o'clock kickoffs, it will happen. So there we go. Uh, something on the uh, lighter side of the news. I know I've already talked about Leicester a bit already. Um, so... Leicester City have refunded and stopped all birthday announcements for their game on Saturday. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, God. I'll start again. Leicester City have refunded and stopped all birthday announcements for their game on Saturday due to requests such as Zach Rogers and Brendan Nout. <laughs> Oh, don't you just love football fans? Don't you just love it? Zach Rogers and Brenda Nout. So there you go. If it's your birthday and you were going to have your birthday message read out at this Saturday's game, I'm sorry. (laughs) But this is funny. (laughs) I can't believe it's got to this. I really can't. Brendan Nout, that's brilliant. One of the uh, one of the group chats I'm in uh, with with some Leicester fans is now called Brendan Nout. Brenda Nout, yeah. I don't need to explain it, do I? <laughs> right, I'm going to quickly do a new feature, and then I'll round up with this weekend's fixtures, and then that'll be this week's podcast. Uh, I've been going for half an hour or so already. It's flown by. Um, right, so my new segment is footballers being numpties. I haven't got a jingle or anything like that, um, but I feel like footballers are idiots enough on a regular basis that this could be a regular feature. If nothing happens, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna try and scrape the barrel to try and fill this feature. But this week, 
it feels like I want to talk about this. I didn't want it to be overly serious. It is a serious subject in some context. Here we go. Sunday afternoon, the internet or Twitter absolutely blew up because Real Madrid and Spain legend Ica Casillas tweeted what looked like a tweet announcing that he was coming out as homosexual. He's a married man. Okay. And then (laughs) Spain and Barcelona legend Carlos Puyol then replied to the tweet saying it is time to tell our story and Twitter went ballistic or football Twitter went ballistic and the the virtue signaling was unbelievable you had all these Twitter you know the main you know the Twitter accounts I'm not going to call them out but you know them this is so brave. This is amazing. You know, you know, clap, clapping hands emojis and heart emojis and all of this sort of thing. Now, don't get me wrong. I can only imagine that coming out as gay, even in today's world, must be very, very difficult. I've got gay friends and they have said coming out and telling my parents was one of the hardest things I've ever done. So I'm not downplaying that. What I'm trying to get at here is these Twitter accounts that are just doing this for likes and retweets and to make themselves look amazing. Now, I am not a massive Twitter account or a massive podcast or anything like that. But I chose to wait and see. Because when I first, when I got sent this on Sunday afternoon, my my immediate thought was, that's bullshit. And the reason I said that was because I thought that if if a player the stature of Casillas and Puyol were going to come out and announce to the world that they were in fact homosexual and together I don't think it would be done over Twitter now Twitter is obviously and most social media it's a very powerful way of getting a message across these days because there's so many people that use it but I just feel that someone two players of that stature would do something a little bit more organized it would be you know you know you just get that feeling that it would have been like a sit-down TV interview or something. So I decided not to tweet anything at all, really. Um, And then about 20 minutes later, one of the newspapers, Spanish newspapers, was reporting that this was a a joke that was made by Casillas because of... um, rumours in the Spanish press to link linking him to different women every week. So I guess he thought, well, if I tweet that I'm gay, these people are going to leave me alone. Puyol obviously thought it was a joke. So he was like, yeah, let's tell our story. Let's pretend we're gay. Um, and then Casillas eventually had to, he deleted the tweet and then came out with the classic, classic, 
Um, uh, sorry guys, my, my account got hacked. I'm really sorry. No, you know, no harm done. Sorry if I caused any offence to the LGBTQ plus community. And then Puyol did the same. Now, look, it was the maddest half an hour I've probably witnessed on Twitter for a very long time. But I think for me it highlighted two things. One, they're brain dead, tone deaf. You know, there, there is a, seemingly there is, a, there, there is a, I want a better word than problem, but, you know, the, the, there are, players do find it difficult and sportsmen and women uh, find it difficult to come out. And you've got these two idiots making a joke about it. You know, and these are two legends in in like my generation of, of football. You know, they, these guys won the World Cup, the Euros, they've won Champions Leagues and Spanish. You know, they, they are they are legends of the game and they just go and do something like this. Um so that's the first thing, and that's why they are that's why they have featured in this week's football as being numpties. Uh, and the second thing is, look, guys, just keep your powder dry and wait for all the facts to come out before jumping on the bandwagon and virtue signaling. Hey, we've all done it. We've all done it. But there we go. That was the first of footballers being numpty. Numpties, plural. Ike Casillas, Carlos Puyo. Congratulations. Right. <laughs> God. I dread to think what I'm going to be uh, covering in that one over the coming weeks. Right, let's do I'm a little bit lost after that. Right, let's do uh, let's do the Premier League fixtures for the weekend. I'm knocking this table around all over the place and my microphone, so but hey ho. Two bit production. Game week eleven, Friday night, Brentford versus Brighton. Uh, I'm gonna go for Brighton. You know they have they've they've uh, I feel like Brighton are just doing really well and uh, this new manager, he's got a certain way of playing that looks quite attractive. So, you know, it's good. Uh, I do. I think Brighton will get a win here on this one. Oh, 12.30 Saturday, Leicester versus Crystal Palace. I hate doing this. And I think I can get away with it sometimes when we play the big six or a team that's really, really, really in form. I am going to go against and, and I'm going to say a Crystal Palace win. I just cannot. I, I just can't see how we win. I just I just can't. I can't. Uh, it looks like Johnny Evans is injured for the weekend. I don't actually think that's a bad thing because I think he's, he's done. Said it. I've said it a million times. Uh, I, I've... Unfortunately, I think it'll be a Crystal Palace win, but Brendan Rodgers will still be manager come Monday. Maybe that's one of them sound bites that comes back to haunt me, or not. Fulham versus Bournemouth. Okay, Fulham have lost a couple now. Bournemouth seem to be on the up and up. 
Uh, interestingly, I've, just on the subject of these two teams, uh, I saw a debate on TalkSport where they're like, who are the three teams that are going to go down? And the two people in question, neither of them mentioned Leicester. I just found it bizarre. Really bizarre. Maybe that's just because I'm very much... The glass isn't even half full or half empty. The glass is empty. Very, very empty. Anyway, Fulham against Bournemouth. I'm going to go a draw on that one. Wolves versus Forest. I think home advantage gets this one. I think Wolves will beat Forest. Spurs versus Everton. Spurs are, are, are coming uh, back. I mean, Spurs played in the Champions League last night and then they're playing on Saturday, albeit the late kickoff. Uh, I don't think that'll make a difference. I, I do. I, I think Tottenham will beat Everton. Uh, Spurs won their Champions League game uh, 3-2 against Frankfurt. Uh, Harry Kane, Mr. Penalty, Mr. Dependable. Uh, on to Sunday, we've got, well, we can tell it's European week. We've got loads of games on Sunday. Uh, only two of them are on the telly, though. Villa versus Chelsea. Chelsea should win this one. I mean, Villa just don't look like a very good team at the moment. Um, it's a strange one, really. They've got some. They've got some good players. They've also got a lot of injuries as well. And actually, those injuries are to players that Gerard brought in. So, um, I, I, I get the feeling with Villa, like with that, with those forwards, you know, Coutinho, Watkins, and all that. They're just not. Don't seem to be clicking. Ollie Watkins looks really, really low on confidence at the minute. So, and Coutinho's not. He's not pulling up trees, really, at the minute. Um, so I'm going to go for a Chelsea win. Leeds, Arsenal, that you can't look past an Arsenal win. They're absolutely flying at the minute. They're doing really, really well. Um, I am low-key fanboying on, on Bukayo Saka. I think he is incredible. And Martinelli, poof, what a player. What a player. It's the, And they're so young as well. So young. You know, they've got bags of talent and so much more to come from those players uh, United versus Newcastle I, always, I got a back United they're at Old Trafford uh, but Newcastle they're not they're not the pushovers that they were uh, you know for the last two three four seasons uh, they will give United a game you would think uh, it's interesting now does does Ronaldo start he's got a goal Martial's injured again so he, he could well be back in that in that starting 11 uh, which is just classic Ronaldo, isn't it? <laughs> Everyone's writing him off and he worms his way back in. But he's a goal machine. Southampton, West Ham. Oh, I mean, this one looks like it could be duller than dishwater. It'll end up being like 4-4 now or something. Uh, I'm going to go for... I'm going to go for a West Ham win. There's still pressure on Hassan Hootel. Um, again, th- three of about seven teams could go down this season. And I put Southampton in that mix as well. And then massive, massive game on Sunday. Always throws up um, exciting games, or it has done recently over the last few years. Liverpool versus Man City. I look at it and I think, I know last night's result aside, I mean, Man City drew in the Champions League the other night, 0-0. Uh, where at Copenhagen, that a goal disallowed. There was a missed penalty, I believe, a red card as well. So, um, an eventful nil-nil, all the same. 
I think with Liverpool's defensive frailties, you've got to back Man City, but you you wouldn't put it against Liverpool to actually just come up come up with a result here. And I tell you what, uh, you know, a Liverpool win, and if Arsenal beat Leeds, whew, that uh, that they will be getting very very excited in North London. So there we go, game week eleven. That's the fixtures. And that's my predictions. And I've rambled on for nearly 45 minutes now. I don't think I've got much more to say. So, thank you very much for listening. I really appreciate those of you that, that check out the podcast and the, the lovely messages that I get of people saying, you know, and wanting to talk to me about the things that I've talked about as well. I really, really appreciate it. Um, you know, big shout out to any of my, my friends and my family that have that are listening and sticking by me um it's it's greatly greatly appreciated um don't forget to check out sunny's podcast the clubhouse that's obviously under the games and graps studio banner finn steel doing his streams over on twitch twitch.tv forward slash the finn steel and soon i believe we are getting uh quick sell a foot podcast all about ultimate team and fifa uh, as well and that will be on the games and grats feed my name's steve this has been episode 12 thank you very much and i'll speak to you next time